I knew once I dropped that deposit check of $1,500 in that mailbox off of Spring Forest Road, right in front of the Jason's Deli, that I was committed to go on the tour. I kept looking at that mailbox saying to myself, is today the day? I think it took me at least five times before I finally opened the lid and put the deposit check in that mailbox. The day I did, I stopped and I looked around and I thought to myself, I'm now committed. Where was I committed to going? North Korea. So here's kind of how it all happened. I send an application in to Koyo Tours with a deposit check. I get accepted. I get the itinerary. I fly to Beijing two days before we go in, check into a hotel. That night, there's a documentary on the movie channel about escapes from North Korea. I watch it. I don't go to sleep until about five in the morning. I'm stressed out. I'm nervous. Uh, the day before we go into North Korea, we have an orientation with Nick and Simon over at Koyo Tours, and they get us all, everyone going into a conference room and pass out some beers and say, uh, well, tomorrow you all are going to go to another planet. And it was there that I realized that Nick and Simon knew what they were doing. I mean, Nick truly had a way with people. He was calming, he was fun, uh, he had the confidence, and so immediately I got the feeling that the decision I made to fly to China to go into North Korea for four days was a good one. So that's kind of how it all happened. Okay, we're going to get to my interview with Nick Bonner in just a minute. Before we do, I wanted to make sure that everybody listening understands that Nick is a lot more than just a tour guide taking people into North Korea. Nick Bonner is the founder of Koyo Tours, the company that he started in 1993 taking Westerners into North Korea. And so he himself has been to the country hundreds of times and has taken thousands of Westerners, including Americans like myself, to see this fascinating and interesting country. It was on that 1993 trip that he met a guy by the name of Daniel Gordon, and those two became real good friends. And together, since 2001, both Nick and Daniel have produced three award-winning documentaries on North Korea. Now, you don't have to be interested in North Korea or even like North Korea to be interested and fascinated by these documentaries. I mean, they are made... Hollywood style. And I have them listed on my LinkedIn and my Travel Abroad Facebook for anybody that wants to take a look at them. Watch one of them and you're going to be amazed. The one that I really, really am fascinated with is the one in 2006 called Crossing the Line about a guy named Joe Dresnock who defected from the south to the north. An American soldier at the DMZ who put his hands up and walked into North Korea because he was having marital problems at home. And he lived in North Korea and no one talked about it. And he was their propaganda movie star. He got remarried, had two sons, and it is just an unbelievable documentary. It was on 
Netflix and just something that you should take a look at. Uh, let's see, back a couple years, well, 2012, Nick served as the co-producer and co-director of Comrade Kim Goes Flying, which is North Korea's first non-propaganda girl power funny film. And I've put that link up as well. And then just a couple years ago in 2018, Nick worked with Michael Palin, who did an extensive tour traveling through North Korea, getting to know the people and showing the face and culture of the country. So unbelievable experience as a film director, makes award-winning movies and documentaries, um, takes people into North Korea all the time. Just a fascinating guy. So let's get Nick on and let's uh, find out what's happening. Yeah. Well, fun. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, um, so Conrad Joe was way after I was in North Korea with you. But yeah, it was. It was uh, that, that was in um, almost ten years later to the day. Actually, that was I was on the tour. We'd been asking to make the film on Comrade Kim. I'm sorry, Comrade uh, Joe Dresnock, and uh, they called me into the um, sort of the film studio where where you know we. We'd, prior to that, we'd made two documentaries, one on North Korea's football team or soccer team that created a really shocking World Cup history, then the mass games. And we'd always asked to see this American defector that we'd always heard about, but no one knew about. Not even the American government knew. They, they, they remember that four people had left in the 60s, right. but they didn't know who was, who was left. And, uh, and not only did I meet Joe Dresnock, I also... Um, uh, Jenkins was also there at that time before he went back to Japan. Oh, okay. And Jenkins actually is from a small town about an hour and a half from where I live now. Yeah, in Virginia. Yeah. 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 Great, they were great. all, yeah, they were all sort of lads who, uh, all from that same area, actually, all of them. I mean, yes. it's a sort of big military area. Um, Nick, how many times have you, do you think you've been to North Korea now? Oh, uh, <laughs> several. I mean, since uh, 93, oh, wow. a couple of hundred or so times. I mean, sometimes you know, it's for a big trip. Sometimes if we're filming, it's for a month, maybe more. If it's for, a, you know, just a, a, a travel trip or what have you, it's just a week. So, but we, we as a company, we're in every month. I mean, in and out uh, like yo-yos. And, and um, has the tours, obviously, with the outbreak, the corona is that stopped completely right? yeah the, the last tour was in january uh for the new year and uh that was it then that north korea was the first country to close it was actually interesting enough the first country to close when uh ebola was you know with the outbreak of ebola and um what was great about that was, you know, Ebola hadn't even reached Asia, but still North Korea closed. So, you know, the slightest little uh, uh, hiccup and they'll close those doors. And uh, in fact, they've been, yeah, close, close permanently since. And I don't think we'll open really and realistically until another year, but we'll see. OK, well, we'll keep our fingers crossed because I know as an American that's been in there once and. Uh, as soon as the opportunity uh, uh, lends itself to me coming back, I'm going 
going to be the first one to sign up again. Well, no, it's exactly. I mean, I think it's as an American, it's it's particularly sort of insightful a visit. I mean, this you will get criticised. I mean, you will. I'm sure people said, "What are you doing? You're supporting a regime, etc." I mean, one that's not the case. The the amount of money going in barely keeps. You know, we take in half the tourists. Yeah. Uh, and we, we can barely keep our company going along on the money we get from it. Um, and then the other thing is the amount of projects that we do. If, if anyone's interested, I'll send a, a link to that. But if you believe in sort of, as Churchill would say, jaw, jaw, not war, war, and, you know, engagement rather than uh, just sort of a, a stick, you know, I prefer the idea of a carrot and a stick. Right. Then tourism is a strong part of that to awaken people. Right. To make them realize, you know, the North Koreans realize there is something else out there. And that's a very important thing. It's a thing that sort of hits this sort of, if you like, Disney sort of, um, oh, you know, we'll make it all the world beautiful. Of course, it won't happen. But I can tell you for sure, there's no room for less engagement in that country. And right. Since 93, we've done nothing. So, uh, right. yeah. So we're the only ones who've really been doing projects there, you know, getting film out, doing uh, all sorts of cultural and humanitarian projects. Now, um, back when I went in 27, I think there was only um, four-day tours available with you guys. Now you guys do longer tours. You go up north. You go to the east yeah. coast. You, uh, what's the longest tour you have available? Well, yeah, when you came, I mean, it was the, the first sort of group of Americans since 1995 when there was this very bizarre... Um, uh, peace festival that they had, which which actually had Muhammad Ali over there and um, some some sort of pro wrestlers, which was very bizarre. Oh, and that was that they were they were in for one period and then then they were out. And you were the the, the first bunch back in. Um, the, the the longest tour now is a month long. Wow. Uh, so uh, yeah, and that goes sort of Pyongyang and then right up the east coast. And, and a little bit on the West Coast as well. So, yeah, you, you can, and, you know, that's without seeing every single monument. It's a country, as you know, of, of basically, so you'd send your grandmother on um, because you're on the bus, you go off to a museum, you know, of the revolution, right. then you off to see a sculpture of the revolution, then it's lunch, and then it's another museum. But it's fascinating. Uh, and, and within that, of course, our job is to make sure you get as much contact with the people as possible. Did you um did you have anything to do with uh, Dennis Rodman getting in for that uh, basketball partnership that he did? Yeah, the guy um, in a bizarre sort of route at first of all because the chap who took him in had been uh, a lovely guy, a Canadian guy who's actually uh, been arrested by the Chinese now, which is a regular guy, Michael Spavor. Fascinating story and, and worth looking at that. What happens if things go wrong? Uh, bump in the night in China. But he, he took um, uh, Rodman in and we had taken Michael into North Korea for his first trip. We then got involved. We went for that. We were involved in taking tourists for that. And on a following uh, visit, we also took uh, responsibility in a small way for Rodman going in. So uh, he's a character. I think Simon had to, uh, my colleague Simon, had to buy him a, a load of rather garish shirts, which mainly, I think were mainly women's shirts because he lost his bag on his arrival. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. So uh, a happy afternoon was spent by my colleague Simon buying um, sort of ladies' silk shirts that, that, that uh, Robin could wear in Pyongyang. Well, 
I don't think Rodman minded because when I was in Chicago uh, working, he lived there and he would dress up in uh, wedding outfits. So yeah, and no, a flamboyant, he, definitely. He, he definitely is a character. What was it like uh, working with Michael Palin? Michael Palin is, as you can imagine, is uh, just as wonderful as, as his persona comes on, and, you know, across on television. He's a very, very sharp man, very bright. Um, everything he did uh, on, on uh, every time you should do it, one take. There was no need to sort of go back and redo it. He's also got a sort of very journalistic sort of mind. So if you if you watch the documentary, I mean, it's it's superb the way he gets access. He pushes. Yeah. I mean, we, we sort of one or two times, like at the statues, we sort of had to say, look, you know, this isn't the time or the place, and we we sort of reconvened an interview in a in a sort of in a in a on a mountainscape on the east coast because it was mm-hmm. anything to do with the leaders is very sensitive but he right. was he was wonderful i mean a, a absolutely incredible character to work with he had his 75th birthday on the trip uh, on the east coast that was good fun but i'm doing the same at 75 well i uh, i've seen that documentary many times i've showed it to many students uh, in my classes, and uh, I think it was extremely well put together and really highlighted, yeah, really highlighted how sincere and nice and warming the people of North Korea are. Yeah, so, I, that, that's the sort of thing I think everywhere you travel, you, you will meet warm people. But but I would say there are, you know, Koreans compared to many other nations are particularly warm. I mean, they're you know, this girl, uh, Son, who was, uh, sorry, Soyoung, who was um, the guide, she's not from a particularly privileged background. She's done well, and she's from Pyongyang, so immediately you're privileged if you live in the city, but that's right. three million people. But her parents are very normal, uh, sort of working class, uh, you know, folk, and, and she just happened to do well. And she's very honest, a very open girl, and, and there are differences. She's been exposed to a lot of foreigners, and people say she's privileged. Well, it's it's relative, isn't it? I mean, she's been yes. exposed, but she's very much her own character. Um, uh, really, yeah, I think for that beauty, that, that relationship between Palin and his guides is wonderful. Did, uh, did you get a chance to actually film on the Kim Jong-il studios? Yeah, I've actually. I mean, the studios—they're not. I mean, they were. They were. They were built here under Kim Jong Il era. They're actually now being um, renovated. I think a Chinese company is involved. A Chinese film company. Um, I've I've made bits and pieces there. We've actually shot a film, Comrade Kim Goes Flying. If you want, there's a Vimeo link for that. Um, I'm happy yeah, to please. share that. And um, th- that was a sort of that was North Korea's first ever girl power film that we made in gosh 2012 and um it went to toronto did very well there and was also the first film to be shown in south korea the first north korean film to be shown in south korea to a public audience and we sort of yeah we we thought of going to studios but in fact it's a it's a bit of a small lot it's nothing like you know on hollywood scale but it's quite a bizarre place to to hang around for an afternoon yeah, I think you sent me some pictures back when you got access to that. Yeah, no, it's, that, yeah, it's, it, they have J- Japan Street, China Street, Western yeah. Street. 
yeah. yeah, it's it's but it's all solid brick, you know. So it's not it's not going to fall over in a, in a short time. So that's the problem with it is that it's it's not made of you know normal sets are made of sort of painted backgrounds so they can be reused again. The problem with this set is once you've seen it once, sure. it's going to be the same one again in the next film. Do uh, do the tours now include? Um taking the train like Michael Palin in the Pyongyang from China? Yeah, we when the Americans uh, were allowed to visit um, by, you know, the, the basic people stopping Americans travel as the American government at the moment, they couldn't take the train. You could only fly. And so foreigner, other foreigners could, but not um, not Americans. But, I, th you know, I think in the future that'll change. It'll all, it'll all open yeah. up. But it's, it's I, I mean, people sort of, you know, love the idea of, trundling in and out by train and it's a 12-hour journey which sounds very romantic but in fact it's just a very slow train <laughs> so, <laughs> but it is it is fun especially i think especially departing pyongyang because you know you've been basically on another planet you've seen something that that really very very few people get a glimpse at i mean north korea is in our news every almost every day certainly every week and yet you know when you've been there you've had a chance to speak to people to interact with them but it is very different so then to get on a train you know with a bottle of beer and just watch the you know the the, the place you know, the trail away as you cross over the, into the border into china which is of course you know as modern as you can get now um it's that's that's fascinating are you still residing or living in China? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm basically the office is still in China. There's 11 right. of us there. Um, but I, I now flip between Europe and uh, China because I'm, we've got this great art collection. So I'm sort of based in Paris and I'm here for, a, well, now I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. I can't get back. One of my colleagues is, is stuck in on the island of Tonga. So you know, if it gives you an idea of, of how spread we are, uh, we're all over the place. It's and one in Mongolia. So, yeah, the office is a bit empty at the moment. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I guess the last question, well, two more. One is what other destinations would you recommend someone like me that's been to North Korea use you guys to go visit on an adventure tour? I mean, go. I mean, to anyone listening, just travel. Get get out there. It, it, it's if you're friendly and you, you're fairly careful, the, the, most of the world is safe. There are obviously, you know, certain hot spots that that will open up in time. And of those, when they do, it'll be Iran and Afghanistan that will pique my interest. Um, but what we do at the moment is Turkmenistan. That is absolutely incredible. That's sort of the the Central Asia, sort of North Korea, if you like. But. Um, I mean, absolutely fascinating. We're doing a trip uh, early next year to Uzbekistan, but instead of doing the Silk Route, we're following the North Koreans who were kicked out in the 30s. And these are Koreans who were living in the Russian borderland. So it was when Korea was one country. Stalin kicked 300,000 out into Central Asia. So we're following their trail. And um, that's fascinating. And then finally, of course, Tajikistan, which one of the friendliest countries on this planet. It's a great place. Wow. Well, um, if you could send me that information along with uh, the link to uh, the newest movie that you produced, that would be great. Yeah, um, sure. We, we've got the, the, the films actually um, on the, I'm afraid it's a pay as you go thing, but if you want to do a screening, oh, okay. no, but if you want to do a screening to any of the students listening, just let me know and I'll send you the link for free and uh, put it on a, you know, do a 
do a screening on um, TV. If you if you just link in, if you just write in Comrade Kim Goes Flying, you get the trailer. And then if, okay. if there's a group of you want to go and watch the film, I'll give you a link and, and shove it up, you know, get your IT person to, yeah. to throw it up. But um, That's great. Well, I certainly appreciate your time. I know it's getting late for you. And um, again, it was one of the most uh, incredible experiences that I've ever done in all my travels. And I'm looking forward to going back there or another destination that you guys offer. Super. Yeah, but anyone interested, have it. We've got, you know, Corio Tours and Corio Studio. So if you if you want to know a little bit more about what we do, and you're very welcome to contact us, contact me. And thanks yeah. very much, Steph. And, and we hope to take you back soon. Uh, I don't know when that will be, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's keep our fingers crossed this uh, COVID-19 exactly. uh, goes away. All right, Nick, thank you very much. Cheers. Best wishes. Bye-bye. Wow, it was great talking to Nick Bonner from Koyo Studios about our 2007 trip into North Korea. It's not every day you get granted an interview from a guy who's been to North Korea hundreds of times or a guy that recently made a documentary with Michael Palin about North Korea. Phenomenal documentary, by the way. So I'm going to continue this series on North Korea. I have a couple more episodes coming out. And my next interview is going to be with his colleague, Simon Cockerell, who is the general manager of Koyo Tours. So you'll want to stay and look for that episode. I think you'll enjoy that as well. In the meantime, my name's Jeff Myers, and you've been listening to the podcast of Let's Talk Wake Tech Travel. We hope to see you soon.